It's Your Health Radio, a special podcast series presented by Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome. This is It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing COVID-19 and what you need to know. Joining me is Dr. Tom Chang. He's an infectious disease physician and the medical director of infection control, and he's a member of the medical staff at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Dr. Chang, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. As we begin, tell us what's new and what's going on with COVID-19 right now as far as what we know about the spread, what we know about incubation. Tell us what's going on. Well, uh, seeing the spread, it's spreading. And it's uh, starting from the big cities. It's going to go to the suburban areas soon. Uh, New York is has, New York City is having a great surge. L.A., uh, due to our uh, quarantine and social distancing policies, I think the, the, the trajectory is a little, little less steep, thank goodness. So the spread is going to be a little less here. Um, incubation-wise, uh, well, we know this virus has an incubation um, time period from two days to 14 days with an average about five days. Um, uh, the majority of people don't get uh, uh Really, about 80% don't get really sick. They don't need hospitalization. About 20% need hospitalization. And out of that 20%, uh, probably 2 to 5% will need intubation. So then let's talk about this because it seems to be a fear on everyone's mind. What would we feel? How would we know if there are not necessarily enough tests? Then if somebody gets sick, Dr. Chang, what do they do? If they start getting symptoms, what do you want them to do? Well, first, you call your primary care physician, and they will ask you a series of questions. I would not go to the primary care physician because if you truly have coronavirus, uh, uh, you don't want to go to the waiting room or the office and spread the disease. If you don't have coronavirus, you don't want to go to the doctor's office either and uh, and, uh, contract the disease there because there's a lot of sick patients there. So I would call the physician, let them call you back, and uh, they'll go over a series of questions, a fever, cough, a shortness of breath, and if it sounds like you're truly sick, they will send you to the emergency room in the hospital, and at that time, they will uh, give you an objective evaluation of temperature, uh, oxygen saturation, and things of that nature to see if you need to be admitted or not. And generally, when people are experiencing these symptoms, what is it that they're going to experience? You said many people don't show that many of the symptoms, but I think we've reframed who we thought was at risk because we're seeing people of all ages really getting this now. Tell us what those symptoms are. Well, the three main symptoms are symptoms, uh, I mean, a fever, shortness, shortness of breath, and cough, and a lot of people get myalgias. Some people do report that they lose their sense of taste before the symptoms come about, but the three main symptoms are still fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Uh, not necessarily sneezing, and your cough is not necessarily productive, so you don't produce uh, uh, sputum where you're coughing, it's a dry cough. Is there a certain fever number that we should be looking for? In the beginning of the disease, what we've been seeing is a very low-grade fever, like 99 to 100. As the disease progresses, if you don't get better, then you start spiking higher-grade fevers of 101 and 102. This is about uh, uh, one to two weeks into the disease if you don't recover from the disease. But initially, it's a very low-grade fever we've been seeing. If we're not admitted to the hospital and told to self-isolate, what are some home care that people can use? Because they're, you know, we hear a little confusing information about ibuprofen or about, you know, 
Delsum and things that would suppress a cough? Should we be taking Mucinex? What do you want people to do as far as home care? Well, generally, uh, we recommend Tylenol for the fever and uh, just regular supportive care. Stay well hydrated. Uh, if you can find a separate room uh, and away from your family members, that'll be very helpful because we know uh, this disease likes to cluster, whether in the hospital or at home. It's easier to spread in the confined space. So if you can distance yourself away from your family members, it'll be greatly appreciated. And if you cannot, you have to call, call LA Public Health and ask them for a facility that you can stay at to uh, uh, quarantine yourself away from your family members. So it's basic supportive care, just keeping yourself hydrated and that there's no over-the-counter products besides Tylenol that we can take? Uh, there's, there is no uh, treatment for this disease or no known effective treatment yet that's FDA approved for this disease. So uh, yeah, right now it's all supportive care. It's, I mean, coronaviruses in general cause, uh, not, not SARS, but uh, regular coronaviruses cause about 10 to 30% of our upper respiratory infections uh, overall. And no, we really don't. We really don't treat those either just with supportive care. So then what are hospitals and ambulatory settings doing to protect those patients that come in? Just tell us a little bit about some of the protocol you have in place to let listeners know that they can feel safe if they do have to come in. Okay, so what we do here at Henry May Newell Hospital is we have a tent, a triage tent set up outside of the emergency room. Any walk-ins or drive-ins get screened there first, and we ask them about the symptoms because we don't want the uh, waiting room to be contaminated with SARS, so we screen them out there with uh, full personal protective uh, equipment on. And if they have a fever, a cough, shortness of breath, and uh, they need supplemental oxygen, then they get uh, uh, transferred over to the emergency room where they get fully assessed and probably uh, uh, admitted at that point. Uh, if they don't need supplemental oxygen and they're not quote-unquote septic, they need an hypotensive, tachycardia, uh, tachycardic, uh, if the respiratory rate isn't, isn't too um, too high, uh, we usually just send them home for self-quarantine and uh, we usually do test them before we send them home. How long is the general illness last in somebody who tests positive or who you presumptive, you know, think that they have it? Well, it varies. Uh, it, it could be like 5% of the population they're saying right now are asymptomatic, so they don't even know they have it. But generally, uh, 80% do show some sort of symptoms, and it can vary from you know, a week to God knows how long. Uh, so I don't have the current data on that, and I don't think anybody does, but it can last weeks on end, especially if you're hospitalized, obviously. So is it too late for us to prepare our homes? What about grocery shopping or going out to get things that we need, even the pharmacy to get medications? How long, you know, how long do you think, in your expert opinion, do you think that people should prepare to have things in their homes and including medication supply if they have chronic conditions? Well, uh, for groceries, I wouldn't go out more than once a week uh, if possible. And, uh, of course, uh, always uh, um, uh, personally, I would wear gloves because we know it can survive on surfaces. When you come home from uh, any place public outside, whether it's a pharmacy or a supermarket, I will wash your hands for 20 seconds in uh, hot to warm, on warm to hot water with soap, of course. I mean, if there's no need for you to go to the pharmacy. Don't go. Uh, if you can get it by mail order, get it by mail order. Uh, Try to keep yourself inside. Right now, we're still uh, facing the surge, which means the slope is going up uh, really steep. We haven't hit the plateau yet. So, you know, until we do and we start coming down, I would be really careful. So before we wrap up, 
we're all feeling this sort of worldwide anxiety and stress right now. Dr. Chang, help us to put this all into perspective, to manage our expectations for quarantine, our rising stress level, and truly our fear that if we get this, we're going to be one of the statistics. Talk to us, doctor, and tell us something that will calm us in this time. I think the best thing you can do is uh, uh, heed the warnings of the government, uh, social distance yourself, uh, quarantine yourself if you can. Uh, don't go outside uh, until this uh, uh, disease is under control. Right now, it's not under control. So until we see a plateau starts going down, I would just be really careful, wash your hands, social distance, and wash your hands when you come back home anytime you go outside and, uh, and ride this through. Uh, the summer's coming around, and, and the coronavirus doesn't survive well in heat because it's a lipid-layered virus. So I think uh, uh, sooner or later we'll see the uh, uh, slope start you know, plateauing, and it'll be soon because uh, it is warming up here in Southern California, which is a great sign. So, you know, Henry Mayo Newell Hospital is here for you. If you have any questions, feel free to call us, but I uh, suggest you call your primary first for the primary screening, and then if you need to come over, come over. We have a tent set up, and we can screen you there also. Thank you so much, Dr. Chang, for joining us today and really setting us straight, giving us good, solid information. It's so important in these unprecedented times. If you have concerns, we encourage you to check the Henry Mayo website at henrymayo.com and click on the virus link at the top of the page for more info. And that concludes this episode of It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Please visit our website at henrymayo.com for more information. I'm Melanie Cole.